Welcome to another episode of the Decent Rowing Podcast. Today we'll be talking about balance and just giving a general overview of uh, rowing balance. So if you head to our website and go to the menu, it's under balance and you can see these videos that um, that relate to this podcast. So what, what are we talking about when we're thinking of balance? And I guess more generally, what's required for good balance in a rowing boat, Ken? Well, the, the fundamental really is to get balance from an early stage. So when you first start rowing, typically people have a lot of trouble with balance and they find that the boat is wobbling around a lot. And so the easiest way to deal with that initially is to row with your oars flat on the water doing the lazy feather technique. Then you get to understand the posture movements, the sequencing of the body and how to deal with feathering correctly, all those fundamentals of rowing. And I'd suggest I'd leave balance until after you've got all that done. So to try and address balance as the first issue in the boat and have beginners row with their oars off the water, I think you'll find is going to be very difficult because balance can be affected by all of those things I mentioned about how the body moves, the sequencing, the grip, the all of those things seriously have an effect on balance. So the important first step in balance is to learn how to row properly with the proper sequencing, proper posture, and most importantly, be relaxed and have a relaxed grip because a tight grip is really lethal because what it does, it tenses your whole body up and then you can't, your body can't feel what the boat's doing and you can't then move with the boat and correct balance issues. So fundamental with balance, I think, is don't try and fix it until you've got all the other aspects of rowing reasonably well under control. If you start off with a crew and try to make them have balance as the first item with their oars off the water, then you'll find that they can't learn to row properly. So... So a critical step really is learn how to row properly before you really address balance. And so we're probably looking at looking at balance as a having a balanced platform to start with. So you know, having half the crew set the boat up while the others learn to row, and they're learning to row with a balanced boat. And um, it shouldn't be underestimating how important it is to actually be able to learn to row with a balanced boat and not just row like or everyone in the crew rowing at once and having the boat flopping from side to side. Uh, when you've got an intermediate crew or even an advanced crew, it can be sometimes useful to sit a couple of the rowers out just so they can sort of reset and get to have that feeling and confidence of putting the blade in the water and rowing with a balanced boat as opposed to um, just sort of trying to get the balance uh, through force of will, I guess. No doubt at all. When you start with teaching how to row, then I'd start with the lazy feather techniques I mentioned a minute ago. And in our courses that we have on the website in on how to row and how to teach rowing, we always start off by not trying to balance the boat with our bodies or anything like that. We're just having the oars running along the water. And what Lachlan was saying about the importance of having some of the crew sit out to keep the balance in the boat is very important. Uh, if you don't have a balanced boat, a stable platform to learn from, then it's difficult to learn properly. I'd often suggest that with beginners, if you're in a quad, for example, I'd have half of the crew sit out and have two of them balancing because you'll find, like any other learned skill, beginner rowers don't really know how to balance a boat that well. And so if you've only got one person trying to balance a boat in a quad, then that one person maybe isn't able to make it a stable enough platform. So don't underestimate the, the importance of having a stable platform to learn from is just critical in this. So when it comes to some of the fundamentals of what upsets the balance in a boat, I guess you can look at it two ways. You can look at it, certain things make a boat balance well and certain things upset the balance. 
they're kind of two sides of the same coin. But so maybe it might be useful to sort of start from like the mid drive phase, uh, just just going over what can create a good balanced boat and what can upset the balance. So I guess the drive, you sort of the boat will probably be most balanced. You've got tension on the water. Uh, you're holding the weight in the handles and it's it's really probably the most stable part of the boat would you would you agree Ken? yes the, the stroke sorry definitely the the most stable point is when the oars are in the water and the problem with balance usually only occurs when the oars are out of the water if the boat's not level when the oars are in the water then potentially it's a rigging problem or just make sure the athletes have their hands at the right height issues that tend to turn up uh, is fall into about three categories the first category is would be if the boat's not rigged appropriately for the athletes the second category is that the uh, athletes are using their bodies to try and change things in the boat they're not they're wobbling around trying to fix the balance and the third thing oddly enough is is that the athletes don't have their bodies turned on so they don't have their muscles switched on the term i use is taut it's spelled t-a-u-t which is about having the your muscles actively engaged but not tense and in order to feel connected to the boat and feel what the boat's doing it's very important to have your muscles switched on sitting tall in the boat not slumping in the boat uh, but being relaxed at the same time and that i find is the biggest impact on on balance is how the athletes hold their body the other thing that's important to think of too is when athletes come into the catch position uh, particularly in a, in a sculling boat, but applies to sweep as well, is that that's a very unstable position and they generally feel as though they're, they should get out of that position as soon as possible. And often what they do is the athlete will try to push themselves back down the slide to get away from the catch position because the catch is uncomfortable. All they really need to do to get their balance back is put the oars in the water. And so if they come into the catch and they're feeling unbalanced, then put the oars in the water and all of a sudden you'll feel a lot more balanced because you've, instead of having uh, you sitting on a, a one or, or two foot wide platform being the boat and trying to balance, you've actually got two oars in the water, which gives you a span of about um, four or six more metres. And so it's a much more stable platform. So the critical step in treating balance issues is to make sure that when you're under the drive phase that you're pulling with a flat drawer and not wobbling the boat around and the fundamental is when you get to the catch put the blade in the water first and get that balance back yeah so once you sort of move on from the from the drive phase of the stroke i guess you're really looking at the finish to set you up well for a good balanced recovery um, we're not really talking about balance through the drive phase although as ken said if you got your hands coming through at vastly different heights that can be a little bit upsetting. Um, you can make the boat move a little bit, especially with the sculling. You can sort of tilt the boat from side to side during the drive phase a little bit as your hands cross over, and that can be quite useful. But at the finish position, you really have to get those hands back to equal heights before the tap down. And the way people tap down can also have an effect on balance because it's really about um, making that transfer be- between the, the well set up and uh, nicely balanced drive phase and the the highly um, highly tippy, highly unbalanced uh, recovery phase. So you sort of have to be very symmetrical with your movements, pushing down with equal pressure in the hands and really synchronizing the feathering movement 
especially in a sculling boat, but you know, also in a sweep, sweep boat, you need to be synced up with the rest of your crew as you tap down. And um, I reckon for me, me personally, most of my balance comes from the the transfer between not so much the tap out, so the blades are out of the water, but what I do next. So when we're going from the hands away, body over position, that seems to be the bit that's most crucial for me getting a good stroke on the recovery. Mm. Another thing that, that impacts a lot on that recovery phase is people, lots of athletes tend to have a view that they can fix big differences in balance of the boat when they're on the recovery phase coming down towards the catch. And generally, this is not the case. In order, to, if the boat's a long way out of balance, then you need to make a dramatic change in order to get it back into balance. And often that dramatic change is going to be more damaging to the to the boat's movement than putting up with the balance being out and get it fixed the next stroke. Because fundamentally, when the oars are in the water, the boat is generally balanced. It's only when you take the oars out of the water that balance turns up as an issue. And so if the boat's out of balance on the recovery by a small amount, and I mean quite a small amount, then the way to fix that is by a combination of things, and we'll talk about more of them in other podcasts, but the fundamental is either use your your hand and handle height to tidy up the balance or use your feet to tidy up the balance. And to make a big change in balance coming down the slide is is very difficult just using those tools. If you want to lean out of the boat, sure, you can fix the balance, but then you've got other problems because different people treat it in different ways. Often it's better to just, if you have a boat have a, coming down the slide in one particular stroke and the boat's out of balance, often the best thing to do is to just make sure that when you put the oars back in the water, you get the balance back, and then on the next recovery phase, try and fix it. If you try and fix it too much during each recovery phase, often you'll find you create bigger problems. The other thing that comes with this is that it's very important that the crew row together, and so that's why we prefer athletes to learn how to row without a balance problem, i.e. have a stable platform either by having someone balance the boat or doing the lazy feather routine and having the oars run along the surface of the water. Because if you don't have your sequencing right, you don't have your body posture positions right, you don't have your grip right, then you're going to have trouble getting balance in any case. Yeah, sometimes uh, in crews that I've been in, the best way to solve a balance problem might just be to have everyone try a little bit harder. So usually putting a bit more effort during the drive phase of the stroke will mean that you're in a more similar position towards towards the finish and as you tap down. So it, it can sort of help a crew sort of get back into a rhythm just by, uh, just, by, just by adding a little bit more pressure during the drive phase and getting the crew back together. And as Ken said before, you don't want – there's nothing really worse on the recovery than, than coming down and having the boat flip to, flop to one side, then go to the other side – and maybe even back again in the one one recru- recovery, it shows that there's lots of people actively trying to fix the balance, and uh, and and ultimately all failing to do so. And you're much better to to write that stroke off uh, if the if it flops to one side. Uh, clearly, uh, what you have done there doesn't work. You can't save it. You just need to do your best to get the blade in the water and contribute to the boat, and hopefully everyone back in time for that finish position where you can tap out together. Yeah, it might be a, a matter of 
you know, some people are tapping out too early or too late. Uh, maybe the hands are moving away at different speeds. The body's coming over at different speeds. And so it's really about getting the crew together around that finish position uh, after they've completed the drive phase and then coming down the slide together, not about trying to make adjustments on the way forward with, say, your knees, like leaning them in or out of the boat, um, your handle heights, you don't really want to be changing your handle heights during the recovery. You really need to be thinking about getting set at the at the finish, tapping out to whatever height that you're going to maintain for the whole recovery and doing that. It's about being consistent. It's not ma- not about making adjustments. Uh, you know, Some people call them micro adjustments. They end up being macro because I don't think rowers in general understand what a micro adjustment is. So you're better off probably trying to think, I'm just going to be consistent I'm going to try and row consistently around the finish and, and row with the rest of the crew. I'm sure that's absolutely right. The Often you'll find too that people, almost in every boat that I've been involved in, you'll find everyone in the boat has a different view of when the boat's out of balance. In fact, you'll find some people that will think the boat's out of balance to stroke side and another person in the same boat will think that it's out of balance to bow side, which sounds ridiculous. But the, where this starts generally is how they sit on the seat and so if everyone makes sure when they're sitting on the seat they're sitting square on the seat when the boat's level that they've got equal pressure on both sides of the seat so they're, they're sitting on square on the seat very important to have if they're sitting square on the seat then then that variant disappears what happens though is as Lachlan was saying that micro adjustments are hard to do if if someone in the boat feels that the boat's leaning to stroke side so they tend to move their knees to bow side is a common way of people trying to fix the balance. And what happens is that someone else in the boat will feel that the boat's moving too far to bow side, so they'll move their knees to stroke side. And you end up with essentially different athletes in the boat fighting each other to try and find balance. And the end result is, is exactly as Lachlan described a minute ago, the, the boat flops from one side to the other in the recovery. And so the best answer is to just... Make sure you're sitting square on the seat and make sure that when you're coming down the, the, the slide, coming on the recovery, make sure your body's in the centre of the boat and don't do any any quick movements. It's a smooth flowing movement. If you sit square on the seat and you've got your body in the centre of the boat and the rig's okay, then probably you'll find the balance is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, it might be worth mentioning that there's lots of different uh, finishing, like round the back turn techniques. So some people will uh, will flow quite quickly around the back turn, i.e. they tap out of the water, get their hands away quite quickly on the recovery. Some people have a definite pause at the finish. Uh, they use this as what they call like a reference point to try and get the whole crew together at one point during the stroke, and this can be very effective for balance too. Uh, both approaches work really well. Um, it's just a matter of you know coaching preference or athlete preference, and you, you really have to make sure that everyone in the crew is on board with it, know exactly what's happening, and uh, a, a boat will become unbalanced if people approach the finish with with slightly different techniques. This can be a big problem, of course, getting getting into an eight that's full of scholars that are used to training by themselves. They're not used to rowing in a crew boat together. You'll get a lot of techniques that you have to sort of meld together and that's that's one of the reasons why having a pause at the finish uh, just as you tap out is is good for getting a, a boat together at least one point during the stroke as they become a bit more advanced you can you can sort of pick that up a little bit um, and it's not designed to be there at higher rates it's 
is purely designed to be there at lower rates and to give the crew a good reference point from where they can move move on in the stroke together. And sometimes that can be a bit harder to do if you're flowing quickly around the finish. Um, although, you know, some coaches will advocate strongly either way. I think both approaches are quite quite handy if used and executed properly by crew and the coach. Even if you're a coach who says uh, prefer not to have a pause at the finish, you know, a pause, I don't really mean a pause. I mean a, it's, a, it's a, a checkpoint to make sure that everyone's together. But if you're a coach who prefers to have the hands come into the body and go away at the same speed, which essentially I tend to believe that myself, uh, then I'd suggest a pause at the finish is still a really useful drill to get the crew together, just so they get to understand and row together well. Because one of the biggest issues that upsets balance at the finish is if one side of the boat taps out before the other side, because that's guaranteed to push the boat the other way. And so the issue there is to make sure that that when you tap out, everyone taps out together. Uh, you want to try and avoid having people feathering out of the water because that means they've got less pressure on at that particular point. And so you find in order to improve balance in both sweep and scaling is to work on the finish and make sure that the the um, the everyone taps out together. If you find that they're not tapping out together, then the balance is a pretty good way to try and sorry the the way they tap out, then a pause at the finish is a good way to, to check that issue and to make sure that everyone has a clear tap out. Maybe even square blades rowing can help with that. But most balance problems come from the finish and by what people do with their bodies coming down the slide. Yeah, you'll see that really good crews, they'll, they'll tap out of the water with a lot of confidence. I mean, they look confident throughout the whole stroke really, but especially at the finish for balance on the recovery. It's, they're very confident with what they do at the finish. They're all together. As Ken said, no one's coming out of the, early, the water early or, or late, whichever way you look at it. Um, but with, um, with some novice crews or beginner crews, uh, the tapping out at the finish, especially if they're all pl- applying a similar sort of weight, can, can actually be a symptom, like getting it wrong at the finish can be a symptom of at catch, like some people might be, not placing the blade in the water deeply enough to become connected. Uh, they might be catching air throughout the stroke or sort of, um, you know, shoveling, shoveling at sort of some air into, into their rowing stroke throughout the drive phase, catching air. And so they'll, they'll, the people who catch the air or don't get their blade in quickly uh, will tend to tap out a lot earlier than those who have become well connected and are doing the well connected ones are doing a lot more work throughout the rowing stroke and because their blade's well connected it doesn't slip through the water so be careful where you're uh, assigning blame if you're looking at um, at someone tapping out the finish too late uh, you might think oh this person's not trying hard enough uh, through out the drive phase and while that can be the case I think more often than not uh, the other members of the crew might be what, what I'd call cheating with their rowing stroke. They're not placing the blade deeply or quickly enough in the water. They're, they're shooting their slide, they're, they're catching air, and so they get to the finish uh, position a lot quicker than someone who's well-connected uh, doing the work of the rowing stroke and seems to get left behind, but really they're just doing it the way it should be done and other people are sort of cheating on the way through, leaving leaving them to tap out a little bit later at the finish. So you have to be quite careful um, 
yeah, get when you're looking at getting a crew together in that regard. Yeah, and if you're lucky enough to be rowing in a cox boat, then a coxswain can determine a, a lot of issues that are happening. Uh, for example, if the issue is that the boat's uh, out of balance at the right at the finish, then if a coxswain holds onto the side of the boat, I suggest with their knees, they put balance, put their knees against the side of the boat, then they can feel the tap out. You can. You can if you're especially in a sterncox boat, you can feel the tap out really, really clearly. And if you feel it as a very, if you can't feel a tap out, then it probably means that everyone's tapping out together. But I'll be surprised if that's the case in most boats. And so you can feel that someone's tapping out early, someone's tapping out a little bit more aggressively. All of these things tend to impact on the balance. And what the coxswain can do is they can have different people in the boat uh, sit out for a while. And when they're sitting out, they'll find that the that at one point someone will sit out and the, the the feeling that they're getting on the side of the boat will go away. That un, that unequal tapping out will go away. So then you know which athlete it is and you can work on it from there. The other thing that happens too is that if you're uh, watching a boat and it has balance problems, then if the balance problem's right the way down the slide, it's probably due to the tap out. If the balance problem appears later in the in the stroke, then quite often it's because someone's got their body out of control. And so then if you just look for the person, from a coach perspective, look for the person who's who's not um, sitting in the centre of the boat, they haven't got their core turned on, they're not sitting tall, then it's likely that that's where the issue is coming from. So you can, you can find it down fairly well if you look carefully, understanding two things, the most important one being where is the problem in the balance. Is it on the recovery or is it all the way through the recovery or is it just at the catch? For example, you may find that someone's leaning out of the boat at the catch or just prior to the catch. So it's really about watching each individual and making sure that it's pretty simple really. They're sitting square on the seat and they keep their body in the centre of the boat and they keep their core turned on. If they do that, then they're not unlikely to be upsetting the balance. One of the things that um, is probably good to mention just in this intro to, to balance problems, uh, just assuming you've got your drive right, your, the boat's level, you tap out well, what you do when you come down the slide on the recovery can have a big uh, a big impact on on how the boat sets up. We've sort of mentioned like people leaning in and out of the boat, doing different things with their hands. But the way you approach coming down the slide can also have a big impact. So generally what what we'd like to to see whether you have a pause at the finish or if you flow around the back turn quite freely is coming forward at a, a constant speed. So you're not thinking about travelling at different speeds during different parts of the stroke. As your hands flow away, your body comes over, you're sort of moving and then you sort of come down the slide. You, you want to be making sure that you're sort of flowing out into that catch. You don't want to be slowing down into the catch. A, a lot of coaches have a tendency to sort of teach this slowing down into the catch you want to continue down the catch with whatever momentum you came off the back turn with if you've got a pause at the finish usually the momentum's a lot greater because you have to come down the slide a lot quicker to maintain the same rating uh, if you flow around the back turn then you, you have a bit more time but you still want to be coming forward at the same speed and crucially you don't want to be going faster or slower uh, down the slide in, in any point so when you when you come into the catch you want to come into the catch, you're flowing into the catch at the same speed and then you're, you're working at picking off the catch, so making sure you get your blade in the water and change direction at the opportune moment. You don't want to be slowing down into the catch, putting weight on the foot stretcher. 
as we've said in other other um, other podcasts and videos, when you're putting weight on the foot stretcher, you're you're slowing the boat down, the run of the boat down. You really want to be keeping light on those feet, flowing into the catch at whatever speed you come down the slide and placing the blade. And obviously, if you're at a higher rating, uh, you come down the slide a lot more quickly, but you want to do it in a controlled fashion and just flow into the catch. And when you get to the catch, the first thing you want to do in order to get your balance right is put the blade in the water. And so exactly as Lachlan was saying, flow down into the into the catch down the slide and then put the blade in the water to get your balance back, but also to make sure you don't waste any leg drive. And if you can do that, then that's a much better method of, of rowing than trying to slow up coming into the catch and then place the blade because pretty much inevitably you're going to be slowing the boat down by that. So just flow into the front, put the blade in, get your balance back, and then just drive it away again. And you'll find that if you can do that and keep everything still on the way down the slide, so keep your body in the centre of the boat, don't wobble it around, keep your muscles turned on, keep your core turned on, and keep generally relaxed, then you'll find that you get good balance very early on from rowing that way. But I'd suggest strongly suggest start with a balanced platform in the first place so it's a stable platform either with someone sitting out or rowing with lazy feather uh, with the oars on the water to make sure that you get all of the postural and sequencing aspects of the stroke under control and being relaxed at the same time for boats unbalanced generally beginner crews will be very tense because they're afraid of falling in so it's very important to start out right and you'll find balance comes really quite easily after that So this is the first of a series of podcasts we're going to be doing on balance. Today was a bit of an overview. We're going to be looking at uh, sculling and sweep boats in more detail, as well as looking at what you can do off the water, how you deal with your your oars and your handle heights, things like that, um, as well as some drills and exercises later on as well. Uh, if you found this podcast useful and would like to see the videos that we're referring to in this podcast are much more visual, obviously, demonstration. Uh, then you can head to our website. Its Members can log in and it's just under balance, uh, the heading of balance, and you click on that and you can see all these there. If you're not currently a member, you can sign up for a one-week free trial. Uh, we also have a paid membership option after that. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. If you would like to sign up for a paid membership, you get access to our, our library of videos, which includes rowing courses, uh, some training programs and lots of other things as well. So until next time, happy rowing.